Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, 1-0 sure beats the heck out of OM1, but at what cost? At what cost? We got a lot to break down on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity as we take you inside Stanford's 17-7 win over at Northwestern on Saturday afternoon. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Sunday, September the 1st, 2019. I'm a Detroit Clarity. Glad that you're with us and hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend so far. Stanford victorious over at Northwestern. You will hear from a few special guests as I caught up with Stanford running back Cameron Scarlett, Stanford linebacker Andrew Pritz, and Stanford quarterback Davis Mills. All three of those young men had a large hand in the Cardinals' win over the Wildcats, which was not pretty. It was not clean by any stretch of the imagination. was rather ragged through several points of the game and in several instances. But, as mentioned, Stanford's in the win column. You will certainly take that over a much, much more different result. A couple of uh, quick notes. If you're new to the program, if you're new to the TreeCast, thank you so much for being here with us. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. You can subscribe to the TreeCast with Troy Clarity via either of uh, those uh, two spots. Also, iHeart radio podcast is distributing us for some reason or another but you know okay well we'll take it we certainly appreciate it um you can also respond to anything that you see and or hear on the show uh the best way to do that is via twitter and the hashtag treecast is the the way that you can guarantee that i will see your thoughts you can also also follow me on twitter as well at troy clarity last name is spelled c-l-a-r-d-y at troy clarity plenty to get to Plenty of folks to chat with, but uh, as we have just started to do on this season of the TreeCast, we will give you three things that you need to know about Stanford football right now. So that means we got to start with, well, the big story coming out of Stanford's win is the health of two critical players. And I can't, I can't imagine a worse case scenario than seeing KJ Costello being helped off the field and Stanford left tackle Walker Little being helped off of the field. Those two young men so integral and so critical to the success and the overall fortunes of Stanford football this year. KJ Costello took a took a hit late in the first half with two seconds remaining in the first half as he slid trying to complete a scramble but Northwestern uh, defender Ernest Brown came in made the hit on Costello's head, knocked Costello's helmet off, and Costello was down for several minutes before walking off to uh, walking off the field, largely under his own power, but with 
a couple of trainers on either side. I did not see KJ the rest of the day. I did not notice him on the sidelines the rest of the way, but I did not see him for the rest of the afternoon. More on some of the implications and, and whether there should have been more uh, stringent ramifications for uh, Northwestern uh, on that later on in the show. But KJ Costello left the game, did not play. Davis Mills replaced him later on. And Walker Little, the uh, Stanford left tackle, with the Cardinal trying to run out the clock at the end of the game, injured. His the lower body injury of some sort was helped off of the field. It did not look good. And boy, Stanford needs that guy. Uh, David Shaw, uh, after the game, offered up his initial thoughts on uh, KJ and Walker Little. Didn't say much, but he did say this. Our quarterback, uh, we'll see how he is the next couple days. Um, and then Walker Little, we'll see where Walker is. I don't have any answers to any questions about the injuries right now. We talked about this on the TreeCast last week. Depth, such a critical part of what Stanford needs to go on its side and in injuries and health. You know, Stanford needs to go that go their way in a big way, in a lot of ways that it didn't go their way last year. But, boy, not off to a great start in that department. As uh, Walker Little on the shelf, it seems, and K.J. Costello, his status for USC is in question. All right, let's get to number two. You know, one young man that I really think I gave short shrift to in the tree cast last week, the more I thought about it, was probably and perhaps the best player for the Stanford Cardinal this year, and maybe even the most ready-made for the pros right now. Paulson Adebo. How could I forget that guy? Bad on me, because Adebo with another sensational game, a great way to start off uh, a great way to start off his season with uh, five tackles, a couple of pass breakups, and a gorgeous interception, and a couple others that he really came close to. Fantastic anticipation, terrific break on the ball, ball skills, just really flashing it all. Yes, he got trucked by Isaiah Bowser, Northwestern's uh, big running back, but that's what Bowser can do. And uh, it was kind of sad to see um, him uh, leave the game with his injury later on. But, you know, we'll talk a bit more about Stanford defensively and the overall impressive effort that they put forth, especially in that front seven. But ho-hum, another day at the office for Paul Snadebo. Looking forward to seeing many more of those in the year to come. Let's finish up our three things with three. Interesting to look at some of the new faces that we saw for Stanford, especially and particularly in starting roles, most notably Henry Haddis, uh, who played in all 13 games for Stanford last year, but didn't really get any true extended playing time, would get a play here or there depending upon personnel. But Haddis lifted into the starting role at left guard. I thought he seemed to do well overall. Uh, Jacob Mangum Farrar uh, seeing a lot of playing time in the linebacker spot. Jay Simmons at fullback. Ricky Miazon, wow, he had a couple of big time hits. He was a lacrosse player, and now he's trying his wares on the football field. Man, Miazon with a couple of uh, big plays, especially a hit uh, that rocked TJ Green uh, late in the first half. Bryson Tremaine got a scholarship last week and got a couple of targets this week at wide receiver. So good to see him. And a few true freshmen as well. Running backs Nathaniel Pete and Austin Jones. Jones got a carry for one yard along the way. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, true, true, uh, true freshman at cornerback. And uh, Walter Rouse, who came in for, uh, uh, for uh, Walker Little at left tackle. I have a feeling we might be seeing a bit more, a lot more of Walter Rouse 
uh, going forward. But good to see some some new faces, and those were just some of the some of the new folks that maybe you might not quite remember. Maybe got some spotty playing time at most last year, if any. Uh, but uh, those are some of the new faces that uh, you saw out there on the field at critical points in the game, and those young men, I'm sure, are going to be counted on as the season continues. Those are your three things. All right, let's talk about the offense for Stanford football. A mixed bag. But overall, I liked what I saw, especially from a play selection standpoint. Uh, we talked about... Uh, what the evolution of the Stanford offense might look like with the weapons that Stanford has with Michael Wilson and Connor Weddington and Semi Fajoko and Osiris St. Brown. Uh, Kobe Parkinson's just a matchup problem at tight end. Uh, the running backs getting into the groove in the passing game as well. And we wondered exactly how all of those guys would, 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 would get to see some balls coming their way. Well, fortunately, we did. And a lot of different facets and a lot of different ways that I don't think we're, we, we got quite used to seeing Stanford football distribute the ball in, in its passing attack. Short passes, making, little pa making a lot of the little plays that they didn't make last year. Put the ball in your playmakers' hands and give them chances to go out there and make plays. Connor Weddington, seven catches for 69 yards. Many of them short catches that he was able to juke and uh, get yardage out of after beating a couple of Northwestern defenders in space. That was nifty to see. We saw good rhythm throws from K.J. Costello. He actually completed 11 straight passes at one point. And those 11 straight completions, even though, you know, K.J. finished 16 to 20 for a buck 52, so not necessarily the, the yardage ratio that I would pr necessarily prefer, but those 11 straight completions went for 118 yards. Okay, I'll take that. That's not bad. And Marathon drives as well as Stanford with an 11-play 47-yard drive that took 8 minutes and 40 seconds off the clock. And then a 15-play 90-yard drive that went in for a touchdown and took 8.22 off the clock. So Stanford able to make a lot of the little plays in this game against Northwestern that they were largely missing for much of the year last year. Like the play selection, as mentioned, the execution left some things to be desired. K.J. Costello left some throws on the field. Davis Mills left some throws on the field. Connor Weddington with a critical drop uh, wide open underneath on third down. He would have potentially had a very big gain if he'd been able to hang on to that one. So I, I like the play selection overall. The execution? Well, let's hear David Shaw's thoughts on how he thought the day went and what grade he would give the offense overall. A run game, I'd say B plus. Pass game, I'd say B minus, C plus. Um, we completed the ones that were good, right? We were in rhythm. We hit our guys. The guys made plays after the, after the catch. We, won, we said at the beginning of end of last year, we want to be better. Run after catch. We were that today. Throw some quick balls out there. Let some guys make some guys miss and go. Um, but for us to be who we want to be with runs and play actions, we've got to hit the big ones. If they give us an opportunity to hit the big ones, we've got to hit the big ones. And they were there to be, there to be hit, and we didn't hit them. So it was a tighter game than it should have been. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, that was David Shaw's uh, assessment of how things went uh, offensively for the Cardinal. That, that, seems, that seems about right. And, and look, th this, isn't, this isn't a finished product. This was just week one. Uh, this is an offense that is hopefully going to be a living, breathing thing and evolve throughout the course of the season, uh, dictated, of course, largely by 
by opponent and game plan and and player availability as well. But overall, I, I, I liked what I saw from the offense. Not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination, but but I was pleased with that as a starting point. One of those guys who helped pace Stanford offensively was Cameron Scarlett. 22 carries for 97 yards overall. And Scarlett helping to really grind Northwestern down, especially when they needed to run time off the clock in the fourth quarter as the Wildcats seemed to be gaining a bit of momentum and actually punched the ball in and got the ball across uh, the the goal line uh, to make it 10-7 in the fourth quarter. But Stanford able to run down some clock before setting up the defense uh, for the Cardinals' final score. Scarlett, a veteran on this squad and will be critical to the Stanford offense's hopes. I asked him what he thought his role in Stanford's victory over Northwestern was. Yeah, um, I was just trying to make sure I was a positive leader out there all game. Uh, we, we had some ups and downs throughout the course of the game, uh, but just trying to keep everybody's heads high. And uh, whenever I had my number called, try to make the most out of my carries, most out of my snaps. And, uh, and then in the fourth quarter, I, I pride myself upon being a fourth quarter hard-nosed running back that could pick up first downs when we needed and run out the clock. So just try to do that uh, as much as I could. David Shaw just told us that, that was one of the things that, that he wanted you to work on this offseason making guys miss an open space. What kind of things go into that? Is it just kind of, you know, making your feet quicker? Or yeah. what sort of things go into that? Yeah, it was, it's a lot of stuff. Um, Coach G has great drills every day that we work just from, uh, you know, one-step cuts and just just working on our eyes and seeing defenders and making them miss rolling balls at us. And uh, then in the offseason, just trying to get stronger and make my legs stronger, make sure I can explode out of my cuts. And uh, really just the thing I was trying to focus on coming into the game is just taking that deep breath. And I've seen these looks before. I've been, been, been in these games before and just really make Making it happen. Overall, from your perspective, what did it take for the whole team to pull through today? Yeah, it took a, a lot. It took a lot, especially from our defense. We, we, we are so thankful for those guys. We put them in some tough situations, and they bailed us out time and time again. <clears throat> um, we, had, we, had, we were moving the ball and had the, had the ball a lot on offense, but uh, we couldn't put the points up that we were hoping to and that we, we should every game, and uh, defense bailed us out. So big, big win for the defense today. Yeah, a couple marathon drives, mm-hmm. 11 plays, 8 minutes, yeah. 14 plays, yeah. 8 minutes or so. No points on them. I know it was tough, but like it was a good building point to, to know that we had over 350 yards of offense and only 10 points. You know that we can build from that, at least from moving the ball. And uh, I mean, in the past, we've struggled with picking up some first downs and getting kind of stagnant. So it was good to see us moving the ball today. A lot of folks make uh, the evolution of mm-hmm. the offense. And I think we kind of saw some hints at it, it yeah. seemed, with more passes to the mm-hmm. running backs, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you're in big in favor of, mm-hmm. and, and quicker passes, it seems, to the wide receivers, yeah. get guys in space mm-hmm. and let them run after the catch. What did you make of that? Yeah, it was great. Coming into the game, we knew that they were going to try to stack the box if we were going to, uh, if, when we enforced the run. So uh, once we started enforcing the run and uh, they started bringing people into the box, we just flung it out to uh, some of our quick guys, Mike and Connor, out there on the edge, and they're making good moves, making people miss. Um, whenever they're out there, if it's one-on-one, I, I got full trust in them that they're going to make that guy miss and get some extra yards. First game of the year is often about the unknown. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest question that you had answered mm-hmm. today, and what is your still your biggest potential unknown about the squad right now? Yeah, um, I was just, I wouldn't say it's necessarily unknown. The thing I was most excited looking, coming into the game was uh, seeing how the offensive line was going to play. When it got down and dirty, uh, we long drives, how they were going to react, and uh, a couple penalties, how they would react to that. Things not going our way just because uh, a, a couple of those guys haven't got the playing time that 
they, and they're thrusted into positions and uh, a new unit. So that was my biggest question mark, and uh, it was so good to see them moving people and, and picking, picking stuff up. All right, as we wrap this up, USC, that's coming up next week. I'm sure that everyone is going to be on full alert and have everyone's full attention. As a captain, what are some things that, that, that you could do in case things might be slacking off a little bit? I'm not sure that they will, yeah. but just in case, what are some things that are placed on your plate during a big right. week like this right. as a captain? Uh, biggest thing for me is just try to lead by example. I mean, uh, <clears throat> keep um, one of my my goals each day is just to make sure that the team has energy, and uh, I'll make sure that that comes from me, whether that be just yelling to some of the offensive linemen or just dancing around trying to get people hyped up, <clears throat> but just practicing hard every day, making sure that I'm intentful on what I'm doing and uh, and making sure that everybody knows how big of a week it is. It's a little bit short of a 100-yard day, but still another fantastic yeah. afternoon at the office. Cam, thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's Cameron Scarlett, and uh, good to talk to the, to, the, to the captain of the team, get his thoughts and his read on the pulse. Uh, of the squad, good start for him. Good start, I thought, for Dorian Maddox, too. Offense did fine. Defense was on point for Stanford. And the tone was set almost immediately with an interception on the third play of the game. And Stanford, I thought, did especially well from there, especially with their front seven. I, I, I have had... Faith about Stanford's abilities with that with their uh, with their defensive front, they've got some quality and some quantity there, and I think we saw a lot of that quality and quantity come through. Uh, Michael Williams, I thought, uh, flashed and had some uh, some nice plays. But that front seven flew to the ball. They got after it and they made some big time hits. Inside linebackers, a question mark coming in. Maybe some of those questions started to get an- started to get answered on Saturday particularly with Andrew Pritz. What a day for him. As Pritz with a couple of tackles early and then an interception on the third play of the game. And that was just the start for him. As Pritz was all over the place, seeing playing time, getting the start along with Curtis Robinson, Jacob Magnum Farrar, and uh, Ricky Miazon also seeing time at the inside linebacker spot. I'm sure that that will be the rotation uh, for Stanford going forward for the season. But Pritz, very impressive. Caught up with uh, Andrew Pritz. After the game on Saturday, Andrew, fantastic work by the defense overall. You had several impact plays along the way. Take us through the day from your perspective. Um, I'm really proud of our defense. I think we did a great job overall. Um, I love the attitude that we that we brought uh, when our back was against the wall several times. We came out and, and we're just excited to like make a stand. You know, show people what we got, show people what we're about. Um, and then, you know, the effort was great all around. Our guys were flying around. Um, you know, we were getting, we had our pickups down, our run fits were well. Um, so I'm excited for the guys. Yeah, and you had a big hand, big hand, I think, in helping to set the tone with a couple of big tackles and, of course, your early interception as well. Right. Take it through some of those big plays from your perspective. Yeah, uh, just playing football, really. You know, when you, when you play hard, you can ask a lot of guys the same thing. Run to the ball. Um, you know, sometimes those plays, those big plays are going to happen. Um, so we just try to play our game day in, day out. Uh, run to the ball, know your assignment, um, and just play hard. Now, it's been a bit of a road for you to get to this point. You originally started as a safety. You went to the coaches. You said, hey, I, I want to play inside linebacker. And, and they said yes. You had some big impact plays in the spring game in 2018. I remember that. I remember being there for that one. Well, overall, what has it taken to get from your first, walking through the door the first time at Stanford as a safety to now starting inside linebacker for the Cardinals? Yeah, it's been a long road. Um, I can't thank the coaches enough for their you know, support. 
their support and uh, you know just uh, you know coach me along the way. Um, I've really enjoyed the switch. So for me, it, it you know it's obviously been challenging you know physically and mentally, uh, just learning a different position in the playbook. But um, you know I, I've loved it the whole time. It's never been anything that's been you know too much work or anything like that. It's been exciting the whole time. Seemed like the linebackers and the defensive line, the front seven, very cohesive as a whole yeah. overall. A lot of depth up front, which right. is something that we haven't really seen for Stanford right. over the past few years. How does that D line help you and Curtis do what you guys get to do inside? Yeah, it's, I mean it's great. You know when they do what they do, um, and we're free to make plays, we're free to the ball. Um, it's huge, and I can't you know they've done a great job. Um, we are really deep at that position, so it's been awesome. And, you know, Kerr and I are both are just very happy when they do their job. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up on this note. The opponent that needs little to no introduction coming up next, right. the USC Trojans. Your initial thoughts? Um, they're a great team. We haven't really watched much film yet, obviously. Um, but, you know, USC is a scrappy team. Every year we got to, you know, lock in and really prepare for that game because you know they're going to be doing the same thing. Um, so we're excited. We're going to get, you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll watch the film and, and we'll um, start getting after them. And you'll get to hear that uh, tribute to Troy fight song over and oh, yeah. over and over again sure during will. practice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, well done. Can't wait to see what else you can uh, come up with for the rest of the season. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. That was impressive uh, by Andrew Pritz. Very, uh, I, I liked what I saw from him and the inside linebackers as a whole. And they held their own and they really threw some punches and landed more than a few punches against Northwestern. Boy, tough game. Tough game for quarterbacks. Obviously, TJ Green hurt, had surgery on his foot um, last night, the Northwestern quarterback. And uh, Isaiah Bowser uh, lost with injury uh, for Northwestern as well. Don't know how quite that, how, how serious that is. So, tough game. Tough game. We thought it would be. But uh, the Stanford defense certainly landing its share of blows throughout the course uh, of the afternoon. The offense, the story going forward, at least as of this point, however, will be what happens at the left tackle position, because that could alter a lot of things. And, of course, what happens at the quarterback position. K.J. Costello knocked out of the game right before halftime. And that meant the anticipated long look at Davis Mills, something that a lot of folks have been have been looking forward to for a while. Mills played a bit against UC Davis last year, just saw one series of action before unfortunately getting injured again. Boy, it's been a been a long road for that young man to get to to get to this point. But Mills, 7 of 14, 81 yards. Okay. Some throws he'd like to have back and a couple of unfortunate fumbles as he tried to, um, as, as he had some uh, fumbles on the, at the mesh point with that uh, Cameron Scarlett. So a, a, a lot that, that I'm sure that he can learn from, from the course uh, of Saturday's action. And I found it interesting, David Shaw, after the game, said that, you know, da Davis Mills is probably the person that's most like me, personality-wise. Super even-keeled, just, just almost flat even, especially during games. Never gets super ruffled. Never gets super low either. So that, that steady calm from Davis Mills, I'm sure came into play in the second half, especially in the huddle. Caught up with Davis Mills for a brief moment or so after the game. Let's take a quick minute with Davis Mills. All right, Davis, uh, wasn't clean, wasn't pretty, but it was a win. Take us through the day from your perspective. Um, unfortunate. It was 
Uh, KJ went down, but it's my turn to step up. That's how we prepare as uh, the backup quarterback. Everyone prepares like you're the starter. I just went in and uh, did what I could to get the team a win. What were some of the things that went right out there for you today? Um, I mean, we definitely have a lot to improve on, but I mean, we executed well as an offense. Our offensive line protected very well the whole day. Um, and our receivers are running great routes and making plays in space. Running backs also, Cameron Scarlett making a couple of guys miss in the open space when you're trying to grind down the clock and get the win. Take us through that. What's going on in the huddle? What are some things that are, that, that, that are, that are going on in the huddle when you're trying to grind it out there? It's fun. I mean, at the end of the game like that, when we're trying to run the ball down the defense's uh, I guess throat, I don't know. It's, it's fun to impose your will on the other team. Looking ahead, USC, obviously going to be tough. Your initial thoughts, what are some things that this team can build on going forward? Um, just like some small details. We have a lot of stuff to improve on. We're one know this week, and then we'll prepare for the next week to go one know again. Just a brief moment with uh, number 15. Our thanks to him for joining us. And uh, David Shaw, you know, after the game, said, look, if, if, if KJ can't go against USC, not changing the offense, not changing it, we feel like all of our quarterbacks can run our stuff. There were a couple of throws that they asked, that they asked Davis Mills to make Somebody did, somebody didn't. So the coaching staff, with confidence in Davis Mills at this point, and some learning moments for Mills. As mentioned, the fumbles and a couple of a couple of late throws, throws that uh, I'm sure that that Davis will look at the film and go, okay, all right, I can I can rem remember that, remember that going forward. So a good experience overall, and, and as mentioned, grand scheme of things for the Stanford offense. A good start. A good start. But hopefully things can build from there for the Cardinal on the offensive side of the ball. We've made some tweaks to the show. Added some features. Added some things to kind of keep things fresh. To keep you engaged. That's way, that way it's not just me talking into a microphone for 20, 30 minutes straight. Who wants that? But we unveiled... Three things you need to know, and we unveiled They Said It last week. Time for a new tweak. Time for a new little bit on the show. Call it Stock Up, Stock Down. Pretty self-explanatory. After each game, I'll give you my thoughts on someone or something who I think is uh, on an uptick, trending upwards after that game, and vice versa. So let's start with Stock Up. Stock up inside linebackers, especially Curtis Robinson and uh, Andrew Pritz. They combined for 10 tackles, forced a couple fumbles, and an interception. As we talked with Scott Reese, the play-by-play -play voice of the Stanford Cardinal uh, and the Cardinal Sports Radio Network last week, that was his big, big question mark. Can Stanford stay solid with the inside linebackers? Got pretty good play from there last year with Bobby Okariki and Sean Barton, but could those guys, especially with a couple of converted inside linebackers, Curtis Robinson coming in from the outside, and Andrew Pritz was a safety. You heard us talk about that with him. He was a safety a couple of years ago. Could that standard be upheld? Well, after game one, small sample size to be sure, but I'll take it right now. After game one, looking pretty good in that respect. As both of those guys got after it, got to the ball carrier, and made big plays. Stock up on Curtis Robinson and Andrew Pritz. Now, we go stock up. That means we also need to go stock down. 
And my, my stock down for this, for this week is the enforcement of the targeting rules. And of course, we're going back to the injury and the hit that knocked K.J. Costello out of the game right before halftime against Northwestern. And I've had a problem. Look, I don't have a problem with targeting being called in college football these days. Understanding exactly perfectly why that's the case with player safety being what it is today and with players being bigger and faster and stronger than ever before, more of a premium needs to be placed on player safety. I get it. I understand it. I just think that the targeting rules have been enforced terribly over the past couple of years. And I didn't think my opinion of the enforcement of targeting rules could get any lower. It did. <laughs> just, just what I think, what, just when I think I know what targeting is, apparently I don't. Big 10 officiating crew uh, did not see targeting in the hit that Ernest Brown put on KJ Costello. Now, the point of targeting, the definition of targeting in college football is an above-the-shoulder hit on a defenseless player. And the whole point of putting those rules in the books is to take those hits out of the game. Let's see, that hit was above the shoulder and on a defenseless player. I don't know what more you need. I don't know how many more boxes needed to be checked in order for that to be targeting. Brown did get called for the late hit and the personal foul, but if you're not going to call targeting on that, especially on a quarterback, then why have the rules in the book at all? Now, was watching Pac-12 Network last night and uh, listening to Evan Moore, the former Stanford wide receiver, and the fantastic, I think he is one of the best, if not the best, college football analysts out there. And he brought up and he brought up the notion and brought up the great point that, look, you know, having if, 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 even if that rule was, was correctly enforced, it still wouldn't have brought K.J. Costello back to the game. No, it wouldn't have. And, and he's right on that account. But if you're going to have that rule in the books, you need to enforce it and enforce it correctly. I don't think it's been enforced correctly for the majority of the times that we've seen the targeting calls out there both for and against Stanford and all throughout college football. It, it, I think it's been a major, major problem. Sometimes you can slow things down to the, to the finest frame and, and find, aha, there's intent there, when sometimes there really isn't. And I, and I get it. Defensive players have it tough. They need to make split-second decisions on where to put their bodies and try not to get thrown out of the game. I get that part of it. But this, to me, was clear. This was clear. Stock down on the enforcement of targeting rules in college football, especially with, particularly with that crew. So that puts that game in the wraps, one game in the books. We start to get some answers, but we'll certainly get a lot more starting on Saturday. Stand for that USC. Here we go. <laughs> Pac-12 opener. First road game of the year against a USC team that Kind of escaped in some respects against Fresno State. 31-23 was that final score. That game was a bit more interesting than it needed to be. Heck, Fresno State had a chance to tie it before throwing an interception in the end zone. Clock management was not USC's best friend when they were trying to. Actually, they weren't trying to run out the clock based on the way they handled, handled one of their final drives. 
And JT Daniels knocked out of that game as he left with a knee injury. He was on street clothes and, in cru- and, on, and on crutches uh, by the end of that one. So I, I'd imagine that he will not be available uh, for the Stanford game this weekend and perhaps going forward for the 2019 season. So suddenly, the nature of Stanford USC has, has changed a little bit. And we'll, of course, talk a bit more about that later on in the week when we preview Stanford versus USC, one of my favorite weeks of the year. Next TreeCast will likely come your way on Thursday or Friday. Stay tuned. One way that you can be sure to hear the next TreeCast is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Subscribe to the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. I certainly appreciate that. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. At Troy Clarity. Last name is C-L-A-R-D-Y. Thanks to our guests, Stanford running back Cameron Scarlett, Stanford inside linebacker Andrew Pritz, and Stanford quarterback Davis Mills. Stanford is 1-0 on the young season. Looking to go 2-0. But a costly win as the Cardinal with maybe even more questions right now than answers. We'll start breaking it down on the next edition of the TreeCast. Can't wait to bring that to you. In the meantime, enjoy your holiday weekend. And again, if you drink and drive, you are the dumbest person on the planet. Talk to you next time. Thanks for checking us out on the TreeCast with Troy Clare. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.